Father, I love you so much. Thank you for your presence in the house this morning. Lord, we thank you that the atmosphere um, changed the moment when you showed up. Father, from song one to this moment now, we know your presence is still here. And we thank you, Lord, that there will be no distraction in the atmosphere now to the word that will come forth. And for every ear, for every soul, every person in this room that will hear this word, even those who are watching today or later, that they will feel the power of this word, feel the power in your presence to move into the season of transition that you have us in. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Woo, haven't been up here in a while. Looks great up here. Good to see you, Dad. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and I believe this is the first time my kids get to hear me preach. I grew up hearing my dad preach, so um, yeah, my son is very excited, so. All right, so I have a sermon for you today that um, I know this is really epic. I know the kids in the room really loves it, okay? Um, but I believe that we are in the season of transition. From the very sermon, the, the very first sermon that God gave me in 2019 was this one. And every time I've been asked to speak somewhere, every time that I'm asked to say a little bit, this is what comes out of me. So at some point in the last couple of weeks, the Lord told me to tell pastor I had a word. And this is a word that we are in a season of transition. I don't care who you are this morning. I don't care what age you're in. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I believe in 2019 things in the atmosphere are beginning to switch. I believe that the prayers that we have prayed so long in 2018 will begin to unravel and unhatch in 2019. I believe that every prayer for our families will come to fruition. I believe that every prayer of healing that we have prayed in 2019, I believe will come in 2019. I believe even now, I feel it. Every time that I pray, every time I open up my Bible, everything has shifted to the moment that every time I talk to the Father, something is there for him. I hear his voice more clearly. I am directed more clearly. When I walk into my job, everything is clearly. Pastor talked about being sticky. In 2019, I'm sticky. Everything has shifted in the spiritual and in the natural. I'm convinced that we know about the natural things, but sometimes we forget that God is always moving in the background in the supernatural. You know, that, that, that region, that place that we can't always see. And if you're not in your Bible and praying, sometimes it may hit you out of nowhere like a big gust of wind. But I'm telling you, it's coming. And I don't know if you really have a choice in this. But it's here. The transition has happened. We are in that season. Oh, uh, Johnny, what are you talking about? Are we, are we talking about blessings? Well, yes. Are we talking about, listen, I'm talking about the season of transition where where you are, the Lord will begin to move you to the next level where you need to be. And every transition ultimately leads you to your destiny. Or you have the choice this morning to stay where you are. Because it's oh so comfortable. I've been wearing these pants for 20 years, and I'm not releasing these pants. Oh, I've lived in this city. I've gone to church every Sunday. Oh, some of us are in the same routine. 
and in the same boring routine, you're missing God. I mean, you can look at me with your eyes all big if you want. I'm telling you. We're comfortable, too comfortable, as our city and our world and our, our state is going to hell. We're very, very comfortable, especially for some people who know the truth. I believe that our last breath, when we stand in front of the Father, he's going to ask us, how did we handle the truth? And some of y'all are going to have to really try to defend the fact that y'all buried it. Because the truth is not supposed to just be yours and your families. It's supposed to be your neighbors. It's supposed to be your professor, your boss. Do What do they know about the truth according to your communication? Some of them may not even walk into this church. So what do they know? Listen, there's potential in this room that has not been tapped yet. The potential inside of you that has not come to the surface because in comfort living, it can't come to the surface. Pastor taught us about how you refine gold years ago, and it only happens in heat, right? So if all of us are running away from the giant, how do we know what we know? If the giant is coming and we run back to our comfort zone, if you never go out to fight them, how do you know what you know is true? How do you know what's on the other side of the giant? Because you know what? When David killed the giant, on the other side was his destiny. Oof. Some of y'all didn't get that. <laughs> on the other side of that was David's destiny. David can't be king of Israel until he gets past that. Some of y'all see that and y'all kind of go back to your <laughs> comfort zone. Ah, hallelujah. I believe God is moving us forward. Let's go to Philippians here. Philippians 3, 12 and 14. If you didn't bring your Bibles this morning, don't worry, I got you. Not that I have already obtained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward to the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Listen, in this season of transition, it is time to go after the upward call. Every single person in this room, we are called to not think about the things that are behind us, but we are supposed to move towards the upward call. Listen, there is no standing still in spiritual living. Either you're growing or you're doing the moonwalk. There is no button that you can hit and just stand still where you are spiritually. You're either growing or you're decreasing. This morning, you're either growing or you are decreasing. Do I dare ask if you're doing the moonwalk this morning? Because listen, we have a lot of things that we're responsible for. Me, as the head of my house, if I don't have time to do the moonwalk when I have two little ones here and I have my wife and, and I have all of my college students and I have a destiny, once again, last breath in front of the Lord. 
Will he say, I've done good? Would he say, I've been faithful? Or would he say, my son, you were way too comfortable? It's a pursuit that I'm talking about this morning. It's a pursuit. Are you pursuing God? Listen, we all in this room pursue something. We all do. All right? It's like I tell my students, I say, listen, we all have fruit. Um, According to you, what happens to you every day will determine what type of fruit you have, all right? And if you don't believe me, just let a car cut you off, and whatever is in your heart will come out. That's your fruit, okay? So what are you feeding yourself? What are you using to get yourself to the upward call? Let's go to our number one here. During this season of transition, your worst enemy will be the 2018 version of yourself. God is calling you to a new place with him. Listen, we all start the year, right? Hey, listen, you know, I'm going to work out more. You know, I'm going to yell less. I am going to do this more, right? And sometimes by February, we don't really remember what we said December 31st. So listen, in this 2019 season of transition, your worst enemy is you, the 2018 version of you, the one that tells you in the morning don't work out. That's you. That ain't the devil. All right? The one that tells you, now, you should respond to anger the same way. You should, re- you should respond to people this way. It's the same old you. The old you will make you still be you. And you don't transition. Are you still dwelling in 2018? If you are, I tell you this morning, It is time to upgrade your thoughts. When I wanted to get my education, I had to pursue it, right? When I wanted to marry Alice, I had to pursue her. I had to find out the quirky things she loves in life. I had to find out that she likes Hallmark Channel. I had to find out her love language. I had to find out certain things about her. And because of my pursuit years later, when I got on the knee and I asked her to marry me, she said yes. See, the problem is when we pursue earthly things more than we pursue spiritual things, and then we're surprised when we don't hear the answer of God the Father. And then we're surprised when we don't know his voice. You put nothing in it. You can't call me trying to act like my wife. I know her voice. For years I've heard it. For years, I mean, some of y'all did it. You know, you know how it is like when you talk, you know what I'm saying, like late at night, yeah, baby, I love you, you know what I'm saying, you know. When you hear that voice so many times, no one can call me to try to disguise to be Alice. I know her voice in the midst of many ladies talking. I know my wife's voice. Do you know God's voice? Do you know his utterance? Do you know we have to pursue? I'm going somewhere with this now. James 4.8 tells us that if we draw near to God, he would draw to you. Listen, it's very, very simple. I mean, God didn't make this very, very hard. If you pursue me, I promise I will come to you. Pursue is reading your word. Pursue is praying. Pursue is trying to be a better you today than you were yesterday. That's pursue. 
But some of us, you know, we get up in the morning and we just, we hit that snooze button. And we coast. Let's go to our number two. If you pursue God lesser than your pursued personal relationships in your life, you will never know and understand what the upward call for your life. Listen, uh, there's no one mediocre in this room. Y'all understand that, right? I don't care what city you grew up in. I don't care what the generational stuff came down. Listen, you want to talk about generational stuff? My grandfather wasn't around. My dad was my father, and he reestablished the generational line. So I don't want to hear what, about the past, about why you're not moving forward. Okay? So if you haven't reestablished things, oh, but Joni, I'm from this city. Oh, but Joni, I'm from this economic background. Oh, but Joni... My, my mother used to be a Wiccan. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, I understand the past, but if you don't move forward, then what do you have? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's talk. Let's go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 16. I'm going to wrap all of this up talking about David. All right? So you saw the, you know, the amazing picture I showed you of David and this horrible-looking monster, right? But let me talk about this season of transition. In the book of 1 Samuel 16, we are introduced to David, the shepherd boy. In the season that we're introduced to David, he is taking care of the sheep. And so Samuel, you know, after a very disappointing time with King Saul, was told by the Lord to go and find another king. So he comes to a house by a man named Jesse. In verse 11, and Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? There remains yet the youngest, and there he is, keeping the sheep. It's established right now that David, um, David is a keeper of sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. Um, so he sent and brought him in, and now he was... Rudy and bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. So all of a sudden, you have all of these studs walk in, right? These men of war, you know, these huge farmer boys, you know what I'm saying? You know, they come in one by one. Samuel says, No, 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 is there another? Then all of a sudden, we're introduced to the shepherd boy. Listen, when David walked on the scene, he probably don't smell good. Why? He's been hanging out with sheep. Okay, so he comes on the scene, and God says, that's him. What David doesn't know is happening, that God approached David as he was a shepherd boy, and instantly in the spiritual realm, he started to transition him. God saw him instantly as a giant killer. David only knew himself as a shepherd boy. I believe this morning that we got a lot of shepherd boys and girls in the room, and God is trying to get you to understand you are already transitioned to a giant killer. I need you to understand where we're going. David, I don't know if David knows yet, but here's the cool part. You ready? The spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. That proves to me that your understanding of the transition lays with you understanding the presence of God in your life. If the presence of God is not in your life, you don't understand when it's time to transition. So because that was on David, David probably went back to his sheep, but in the spiritual realm, 
Some things were changing. 1 Samuel 17, 20. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. Now, let's talk about this scripture. So as we learn in 17, the Philistines come and they're ready to fight. So they're fighting the people of God. So all of David's brothers are sent out to fight. Now Jesse, the father, wants to know how some of his sons are doing in the battle. So he sends his son out to go to find out what's going on in the battle. How do we know now that David understands that he has transitioned? I just read to you, and David rose early and left the sheep. Some of y'all trying to transition with the sheep. And God is saying, leave those sheep at home. It's time to get going. He woke up. All of a sudden, he knew, oh, I got a transition coming. I got I to do what my father told me. I can't bring my sheep with me. All right? Nowhere in Scripture does it say that he comes back and grabs his sheep. I, I would love for someone to prove me wrong on this. Nowhere else does it say David went back to his sheep. Once he left them, the transition happened. And in the spiritual realm, he was a giant killer. All of a sudden, in the natural, it began to happen. See, some of us right now, we are in the season of transition, and we're trying to drag our sheep with us. We're trying to drag our old ways with us. We're trying to, ooh, Lord, we're trying to drag our unforgiveness, Lord of shit. It's time, to un it's time to forgive people. You can't go to the next level with the unforgiveness. We're trying to drag the old ways. We're trying to drag the old understanding. To, and we want to say, Lord, move me forward. But I'm still back here in the weeds. The Lord says, leave those sheep at home. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holy Ghost sweat starting to come down. All right. So David arrives to the scene of battle. Fully transitioned. No longer the shepherd boy. And he walks in as a giant killer. I could have, man, I could have wished that I could have seen this scene, this little scrappy young man walk in, all these soldiers, he's walking big at his chest out. What's going on, fellas? And then there he sees the scene. And he figures out what's happening, and something inside him doesn't make him run back to the sheep. He sees the giant. He hears his voice. He sees his size, but something inside of him doesn't allow him to turn away and run back to the sheep. Something inside of him has changed to now that he sees the giant, and he says, I'm going to kill that giant. Oh, 17, verse 32, then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant would go and fight this Philistine. Does that sound like a shepherd boy to you, Pastor? Young man has transitioned. And Saul says to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine. Don't you love those people in your life who wants to remind you of the sheep? <laughs> Time out, young man. That's a giant. You're a shepherd boy. Maybe you should go back to your sheep. I love David's response in 34. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. Don't you love that comment? Yes, sir, you're right. I used to keep my father's sheep. And while I was doing that, thank you, Chuck. While I was doing that, 
it was a lion or a bear that came and took one of my flock. I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised giant, this Philistine, will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the enemy. I'm sorry, defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he would deliver me from this hand of this Philistine. The Lord spoke to me and said, everything I've taught you during the time of you holding sheep, what have prepared you to kill that giant? Do not have fear when it's time to go towards the giant. Because every single thing, every trial and tribulation, every worry, every fear, everything that you went through and that you have conquered have prepared you to walk into the next season. And when those giants, those mountains come in front of you and try to look bigger than they are, I will remind you that you have killed the lion. I have reminded you that you have already done things in the past that have prepared you for this next level, says the Lord. So don't fear. Don't be afraid. Walk up to that giant with your chest out, ready to kick some behind. I can see David, the shepherd boy, no longer thinking about his sheep, but when he was questioned about his new season, his response was, my last season prepared me for this season. <laughs> Man, what is this giant? Look at this. The shepherd boy, minutes, probably hours from leaving his sheep, have transitioned to the place where he needs to be. We were introduced to David as a shepherd boy, but the presence of God over him and the supernatural began to become natural, and things were becoming different. Listen, Goliath at that time, his life was over, and he had no idea. So you talk to your mountains today. You talk to those giants today, either financial, either your body, either family, no matter what it is, you talk to those giants and say, hey, your ending is already coming. You may not know it because I have a transition. <laughs> I don't got no sheep no more. <laughs> Woo, yes, Lord. Let's go to number four. Wait, did we already do three? Mm, Lord, I done skipped three. Let's go to three. <laughs> the pursuit and presence of God creates a change in your environment. God begins to transition you out of natural and supernatural situations that align you with your destiny. Listen, I don't know if David knew that his destiny was to be one of the greatest kings of Israel as he walked up to the giant. I don't think that that was even his concern. But what happens is... When we make transitions, they always lead you to your destiny. Always. When David left being a shepherd boy to fight the giant, that chess move that God had him do was to ultimately lead him to be king of his people. So you may not understand your transition. You may not understand why God has you meet. Listen, I'm telling you, God already knows your destiny and where you need to be 10 years from now. And if you don't transition now, it's going to take you longer to get to your destiny. Time is one of those things you don't mess with. If he says transition now, transition now. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord will say to you today, 
that we're all in transition. But sometimes we get comfortable with being a shepherd and we love being around our sheep, our job, our families, our, our stuff, you know, our way of life. We don't want our way of life to be interrupted. But I believe God is calling us all to an upper calling. It's the church. It's our pastor. It's us. It's, it's the praise team. Every single part of what we do, if we're going to see people live the life they were born to live, he is calling us to a new level to get ready for those people to walk into this church. He wants worship on a new level. He wants everything in the house on a new level. He wants everything that we do on a new level. He wants our finances on a new level. He wants us to give on a new level. He wants us to love on a new level. If, we're, if you're loving people like you loved them in 2018, you have not transitioned. Love people that you don't want to love. what Jesus did, Christians. Love people who, who stereotypically think that they don't deserve Christians' love. I love when I meet people and they find out I'm a reverend, they're confused. Like, why are you confused I'm a reverend? Because you like me. I'm supposed to love you. Now, we could talk about sin. That's a whole other conversation. But when you walk in my office, I'm supposed to love you. Not what you do, but love you. And may you see the face of Jesus when you walk into my office. It's time for some of us to transition. It's time for this church to be filled with worldly people. The sick and the wanting. But they won't come in until the church people transition from that old way of thinking. That old religious judgmental lack of love thinking. Right, Mike? You know. Come on now. I told my class once, I said, man, if y'all don't like people of other races, y'all don't like God. I was like, why? Have you been in nature? You see all those beautiful colors? Does he want people to all look alike if he made nature look beautiful in different colors? So if you don't like people of different colors, you don't like God. <laughs> Let's be 100 on that. Whew, let me focus, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Transitioned we are. But let me warn you of dream haters. Let me warn you of transition haters. Those people who see you transition, making them realize that them themselves, they're not transitioning. So their job is to remind you of your old self to keep you down. But I'm telling you, it's time to tell those people, get thee behind me, Satan. Now listen, we have an example of this. 1 Samuel 17 and 28, when David on the scene, David must have been eluding a giant killer. You know, he's talking boldly. And all of a sudden, one of his brothers who remembers him as shepherd boy says to him, why did you come down here? And uh, who have you left your sheep with? What does that translate as? Boy, young man, this is a man's job. We're at war. Go back to your sheep. You may think you have transitioned, but let me remind you of your past. Ooh. Mm. Let me remind you of your old mistakes. Listen, on the ladder of transition, Satan is there to remind you of everything you've done bad. 
Satan is there to remind you every bad purchase. Satan is there to remind you of every horrible conversation that you may have learned, you may have said on, on the middle of your transition. But I believe God would say, just like David ignored all that noise, it went on to kill the giant. I need you to ignore all that noise. You are not who you used to be. We are new what? Creations. We are new what? So the next time the enemy tries to come and remind you of who you used to be, remind him that you are a new creation. Old things are passed away. <laughs> Man, I'm excited today. David walked into that giant realizing who he was and he with, listen, when you transition, you please know that the power of God is there with you. The power of God didn't leave you in your last shepherd, boy or girl job. You, he's with you as you are transitioned. How do I know that um, he was with God? I'm sorry, he was with um, David. Because we learn in chapter 16, it says the spirit of God never left him. So when he threw the stones, it wasn't just a little shepherd boy throwing the stones. It was giant killer with the presence of God on him throwing the stones. And the last time I checked, he only needed one. He grabbed, what, like five? He only needed one. This is not a man of war. You're going to transition. You shouldn't be there. There's people with more, more credentials than you. You're going to transition. You shouldn't be there. There's people with more, um, you know, degrees than you. There's more people in shape than you, but God gives you something that you don't know why you have and the people around you are whispering, how did that person get to this level? Listen, it's all up to God. There was a king already, King Saul. He wasn't removed yet. The king had a family. There were soldiers dedicated to him. But what happens is when you move into your transition and you slay the giant, stuff changes instantly. Remember all those weak-minded Christian soldiers who didn't want to fight the giant? You remember those people? The Bible says when David slew the giant, he fell. He got on top of him. He cut the head. All of a sudden, the spirit of Israel got the anointing back. How do I prove that? Because all of a sudden, that big roar happened, and they attacked the field. So when you walk into your truth, you're sticky. When you walk into your truth, you become contagious. All of a sudden, people hear you not laugh at a raunchy joke at work, and all of a sudden, they stop because they were raised just like you. All of a sudden, you begin to defend the faith. All of a sudden, you begin to say things that come out of you that lead people to the right way. All of a sudden, you become a giant killer, and those people who used to dream, who something happened and they stopped the dream, begin to remember their transition, and now we're all transitioning. What happened if we have a church full of transitioning people? What if we have a church and no one else is left as a shepherd boy or girl that we all have transitioned into giant killers? What would our city look like? What would our families look like? What would this world look like? I'm talking about evangelism. I'm talking about not us just going and cleaning yards, but people getting healed in the streets, people hearing the word of God everywhere. I'm talking about it takes one smooth stone. It takes one message. When the Spirit of God hit Peter, it took that one message to bring thousands to the Lord. It wasn't his fourth or fifth message. 
That boy probably still smells like fish. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are in the season of transition. Hallelujah. I'm digressing here. Thank you, Lord. Let me read this last scripture. Mark 8, 34 to 36. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? I say this because that is my story. When the Lord would show me my transition, I would respond with him with the profit I would make or wouldn't make. Lord, I would make less money going there. Lord, I would have less insurance there, Lord. I don't, I don't know if this is you, Father. I, I don't know if you want me to kill that giant. I'm, I'm very comfortable with my money here. I'm very comfortable with my house, with my car here. If, if, if I transition, if I obey you, if I surrender all to you right now, I would come out on the other side in the natural with less. I know I'm not the only one who prays that sometimes to the Lord. But the Lord has, has taught me and it has continued to teach me in my age that every time he makes a move in my life, it's the destiny that's screaming. I'm 39. I don't know what the, you know, the world will look like at 45. But I'm telling you now, I'm convinced the transitions that are happening in 2019 are setting stage for what's supposed to happen in my 40s. When I tell you at Central Michigan, there's so much favor over my life, I can't explain it. Our new university president has been there more than a year, and he, I have found favor in his eyes. We meet several times a month. We talk about things. He asks for advice from me. This is the president of a university. Out of nowhere, I am an assistant director. I'm not a director. I'm not a VP. I'm not an associate director. I'm, I am an assistant director. And because things in the spiritual realm has transitioned, God has put me in a place of favor. But listen, I think of myself not as a person who have arrived because I feel the destiny scratching my back. Every morning when I wake up, I get so excited when I read the word because the word is popping like never before, which means that my tomorrow is about to be legit. There's no reason for me to complain about today because what I'm about to transition is, it's going to put everything into place to literally advance the kingdom of heaven. And when you think that your transition is for your upward mobility, you have lost it. Everything we do, everything we move towards, of course there's, you know, more finances is if, you know, if I move forward, but the whole goal is my reachability. My voice, <laughs> when every vice president in the university knows you by first name, that is only God. When your president calls you to ask you for advice on how to deal with racial issues on campus, that's only God. That's only God. And it keeps on and keeps on and keeps on. What transition are you in today? Are you allowing yourself to be transitioned? 
Are you comfortable in the place that you are because of age, because of finances, because of health? And listen, God didn't give David a list of reasons why you couldn't kill Goliath. His spirit came upon him. All of a sudden, he felt the need to lead the sheep. He walked upon the scene, got bold, saw the enemy, and was instantly a giant killer. Stand with me, please. I know I was very animated, and I'm always that way. But I hope the message is just resounds this morning. As we look at this picture up here, some of us are in that season right now. I don't know what, what type of giant you're facing. I don't know. But I know it takes one stone. Under the anointing, I know it takes one stone. Some of you are very, very comfortable. Listen, you know, I'm retired or I'm about to retire. I don't want to, you know, I, I, I don't need to transition anywhere. And the Lord will tell you, you think I'm done with you? If you got breath, we got moves. If you have breath this morning, the Lord has moves. I bind the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. Because I think some of you know what that move is, and you're afraid to do it. Okay? Because you don't know your, what your God really, listen, you know the Lord told me this morning, I love how he's so hilarious. This morning in my devotion, I read about the children of God crossing the Jordan and God telling them to grab the memory stones. And then God spoke to me and he said, it's time for you to remember what I've done so when stormy seasons come, you know how to respond to them. And I think because of where you are, some of you may be in the stormy season and you're forgetting your memory stones. Because what the memory stones would do, it would help you to remember what God has already done for you. So when that giant comes, you remember the lion. I'm preaching, y'all. Come on now. You remember the bear. Because you maybe have a journal of all the things that God has done for you. Maybe you have a picture of the things. Listen, my son woke up this morning, and we were sitting down, I was finished my devotion, and I said, son, this is what I'm reading about. And I was like, we have to have memory stones. And he said, okay. I said, what have God done for you? He said, well, God saved me from drowning last summer. You're right, he did. All right? I'm going to make sure that memory stone never leaves him. So when he comes to say, Daddy, this test is too hard. When he comes to say, Daddy, these colleges want too much. I'm going to remind him the same God that saved you from drowning. It's the same God that will help you today, help you tomorrow, and help you in the future. That was for somebody this morning in this room. You have to get your memory stones. Put them in a place. Listen, put them on an alarm on your phone, sticky notes all over the bathroom to remind you who God is. Because for some reason in this world, we forget. Listen, the children of Israel had so much stuff happen to them, and in months they forgot. What? So make sure you don't forget. And I believe when you're released from these things, in the transition, you will find hope. In the transition, you will find God. Oh, Father, we love you so much this morning. I have only done what you have asked me to do. 
And we thank you that people in this room are connecting to what you've said this morning with the places that they are. Father, some people that are transitioning to giant killers right now, some people who may be in the fight and, and they feel like they have lost. But Father, we thank you that your grace is enough this morning to move on people's behalf. Hallelujah. We bind the spirit of fear this morning that would tell people that they can't move, that they can't change. We bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. The spirit of lack, the spirit of poverty, the spirit of, of, of just the enemy, period, Lord. Oh, Father, so I speak over my brothers and sisters in this room. And I pray a prayer of understanding, and may their spiritual realms be open into where you're leading them to. We thank you, Father, that destinies haven't been lost in this room, that destinies still will come to fruition to every single person in this room, that it will make our home stronger, it will make our church stronger, it will make our community stronger. Father, all of this to the glory of advancing your kingdom. If y'all believe in that, say amen.